Look at your neighbor and say, because of you, he got to read this again. Ephesians chapter 3. I'm only going to read down to verse 12. For this cause I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of grace of God, which is given me toward you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto us, his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body, partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel, whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of grace given God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me, who, am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and make known and make all men see what is the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world have been hidden God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God according to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of him. This is, this is, this Sunday right here starts Holy Week. Holy Week. The holiday we commemorate and praise the day Jesus entered Jerusalem as Savior and King. As Jesus rode a donkey into town and a great crowd gathered and laid palm branches and their cloaks across the road, giving Jesus royal respect and honor. Crowds of the people shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Somebody say highest heaven. Zechariah 9.9 said, he prophetically spoke about that. He said, rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. Righteous as having salvation is he humble and mounted on a donkey, a colt, a fowl of a donkey. He, he, he prophetically spoke that word, Zechariah, some um, over... I don't know how many years, I ain't even really looking to this, but it was a, at least about 900 years before it actually happened. Amen? And then John chapter 12, verses 12 and 13, look what this says. 
The next day, the large crowd had come to the feast and heard Jesus was coming to Jerusalem. So they took branches, palm trees, went to meet him, crying out, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. It happened just as he said. But what is so awesome about this day? This Holy Week, the beginning of when Jesus rode in on a donkey. I, I want to speak to you and preach to you. I know you're saying, how does it make any sense with Ephesians? I'm going to let you know how it makes sense with Ephesians. Because what we want to discuss today is the grace to usher in change. The grace to usher and change. When Jesus rode in on a donkey, they did not understand that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was going to be the one that ushered in change. There would be a change from the Old Testament to the New, from law to grace. Somebody say something different. So now in, in, in Ephesians chapter 3, we are in the last chapter of doctrinal theology. This is the last. The first three chapters are doctrinal theology. And then next when we deal with 4 through 6, that's going to be dealing with our practice. The, the doctrinal deals with our position. From Since we've been dealing with chapter 1 through chapter 3, we've been dealing with our position in Christ. 4 through 6 is going to deal with our practice. Amen. So four through six, I, I would advise you to come, come, come hear that because it's going to get on your last nerves because it's going to deal with your life. Yes. <laughs> it, it's wonderful when you're dealing with position because our position is because of Christ. And we can shout about position because we didn't earn the position. But when it comes to practice, I'm going to lose half of the church. <laughs> I'll lose half of the church on practice. But this this chapter, as we, we look at this, it's a powerful chapter. Paul is so excited because he, he remembers and he starts to rehearse his testimony and his transformation. His testimony and his transformation. There's nothing like thinking about where God has brought you from. And what he's doing in your life that's, that a, a, a produces an attitude of thanksgiving and praise and worship, right? When you just think about the goodness of God. Thinking about the great grace that he put on us. But what's, what's a danger to look out for is to forget what he called you for. You can get happy about where he brought you from and get so happy that you forget where he brought you from to bring you to. You, you, you stand in danger of starting to think it's about you. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't, it ain't about you. It is not about you. Sometimes you forget who you owe the praise and glory to. You think the praise and glory is supposed to go to you. You, you forget who you were called to please. You could fall into the trap of <laughs> wanting to please people. Want to want to please people and what they think that you should be doing and what they think you should say and shouldn't say and 
which road you should take and not take and mess around and distort your purpose. Because you weren't called for that, but you're trying to operate in that. Uh-oh. The call to be different is something a lot of people are scared of. Because going against the flow takes courage. How many people got courage in it? Swimming upstream takes courage. Going against the flow takes courage. You got to know that he'll never leave you nor forsake you when everything else around you seems like it's disappearing. When people look like they're just running out of your life. When, when, when doors look like they're not open and they're shutting. When you, you, start, you start trying to figure, is it really worth all the effort that, that it takes and the energy that it takes to go upstream? It'll be a lot easier to just go with the flow of everything else. It looks like everything that's going this way, it looks like it's working for them. It looks like they got more time. They got more things. They got more money. They got more peace. They got more. You're not going to say nothing, but it can, come up. it can only explain it. It has to look easy if you're going to go that way because everybody seems to be going that way. But if you keep going the way everybody's going, then there can be no change. Oh, my God. So, so, oh, my God. This, this is a prophetic word this morning. You better help me up in here. Are you ready to go to church? Just, just ride with me a little bit. We're going we gonna to be we on the runway. I'm already in the air. So to the people that want to cause trouble, want to cause confusion in your life, and in your ministry. You, you got to learn to say, like Paul, for this cause. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the Gentiles. After you heard of the dispensation of the grace of God toward me or by revelation may know the mysteries. Wherefore, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, but it has been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets. You, you got to learn like Paul, his cause. He, he knew his cause. He says, for this cause. Now, this is Greek language. So it's not like what you see, therefore, you know it's therefore what was ever said before. Catch that. Therefore is therefore whatever was before. For this cause is speaking to what he's about to say. So he, he says, for this cause, he, he's about to explain. He, he says, for this cause, he knows his congregation. He, he knows that he was called to a Gentile nation. Some of you better understand this. Stop getting mixed up and messed up by people who want you to speak to people you ain't been called to speak to. I'm preaching already. Everybody ain't called to go to the same people. A lot of people don't have the anointing it takes to deal with certain kind of individuals. So you have to know who God called you to, which will help you shut up when you want to try to speak to everybody. I'm preaching already. He 
knows his congregation. Paul knew he was spoke. He was chosen to speak to the Gentile nation. And the disciples had a problem with that because they felt he was supposed to be speaking to the Jews. Remember, the word was just for the Jews, God's chosen people. But God picked out Paul to speak to a different person. God ain't going to send you to everybody that's, that's already getting talked to. You preaching to the choir. That's why it's easy to evangelize to the church. Because you ain't coming against nothing. Ain't nothing like talking to somebody. You trying to encourage them. And they want to tell you every scripture that they know. Just because they know the scripture don't mean they walk in it. I'm preaching already up in here. That's why you got to go out and catch some new fish. I'm sick of uh, I'm I'm sick of these church folk with recycled fish. Recycled fish. They done been in every pond and then they want to come to your pond. And they act like they just flopped over into your lake. But they've been swimming in everything. And then they want to come. And then we get happy because we think it's new fish. Until you descale it and take it off, then it starts thinking. Y'all better help me up. Are you ready to have some church? You better leave that thing alone. Hit them keys. I'm preaching to myself. He knows his congregation and he knows his calling, which was a mystery. It was hidden. His calling was hidden. Paul, thank you, Jesus. Paul was already working. But everybody didn't know that while Paul was persecuting the church, God was working out something. Oh, see, we get to look at Paul's testimony because we know how powerful Paul was. But do you know how crazy Paul was? That Paul was persecuting the church, that he was killing Christians, that he was killing families of Christians. But while he was doing that, God was already knowing that that's a brother that I'm about to use. He was he was hidden because people were afraid to mess with Paul. See, this should help you. Don't be sitting there looking at I know next level. I know what y'all in here doing. I know some of y'all are crazier than a bed bug. So you ain't going to say nothing. Yeah, yeah. But what the world don't know is that you've been hidden in your mess. And a lot of times people don't want to mess with you because God has covered you so they can't mess with you. He covered you in your crazy until he reveals your calling. Ain't nobody won't mess with me while I was smoking crack. But they didn't know that while I was smoking crack, he was developing me to be your pastor. Y'all not going to say nothing. It was a mystery. So when everybody, mama was praying, saying God going to do something with my boy, nobody could understand the mystery. Because mysteries are hid until they're revealed. 
that's why you can't tell everybody what God called you to do because you got to keep it hid until God wants it He knew his calling. Then he knew his challenge. Ooh, that was a change in theology. He was going to bring the word of God to a Gentile nation. The doctrine of grace had just been introduced because everybody else was still stuck in law. You ever try to preach freedom to somebody that's stuck in law? I don't even talk to them people. I just I ask God, I pray for I pray God give me the spirit of discernment over religious attitudes over any attitude. Because I don't want to waste my quality time. See, I'm on extended play. Do you understand? You know how you trying to get to the next level in the game and you got a couple of more minutes to get to that point so you can so I ain't got no time while I'm trying to get to extended. To mess with nonsense. So he knew it was going to be a challenge because he was about to start teaching a new doctrine. Never heard before. But it was designed by God. Now we do that today. We're told to get you out of here. Right? Because you come with some, there are some that come with a new doctrine. They got this new doctrine. And then you want to say, oh, I'm about to kill a demon. Well, God has given me this new revelation about this new doctrine, like a new dispensation. And he did it in the Bible. He, he transformed it from the old to the new. That was grace. But here I am with a new revelation. If you don't shut your mouth, like, well, why? Well, who tells you that? <laughs> God can't do that with me. I'm going to tell you why God can't do that with you. Because the book is closed. The book is closed. When Jesus comes back, he's coming back for his church. It's coming right here. Ain't no new doctrine. If it was going to be a new doctrine, it would have came after grace. It would be somewhere after and before revelations. It ain't there. After grace is over, you go from grace to greater. Grace getting in, that's it. So, okay, let me take my time now. First of all, let me go back for a minute. He said he's a prisoner, which means he ain't got no choice. Thought I was going to miss that, huh? You was getting happy too quick. Let me go back and rewind that. Prisoner. Of Jesus Christ for you. He's chained up. He is writing this letter from prison. But beyond that, he is a prisoner. Now, how many of y'all been in jail? Thank you. We got we got three. You visited. You, you don't know. You you would know if you went. You would have your hand up. You wouldn't be. I wonder if you have to wonder. You wasn't there. So. You might have been somewhere that looked like jail, but <laughs> wasn't it? All right, so, okay, so, <laughs> it's all good. I just want you to understand the point. 
when, when you're in prison, you have no choice on what you're eating. You can complain about it, or you can starve. You ain't got too many choices. If you go to prison, you ain't got no choice about when you're waking up. It's time to get up. You got to get up. When I was locked up, they would wake us up at 3.15 in the morning. Oh, got to get up, grab a mop bucket, and mop the whole prison at 3 o'clock in the morning. Food, not good. In prison, you don't have a choice. That's what I want you to understand. But the problem is, the church would be so much better if the saints understood they were prisoners. But we ain't prisoners. Eyes free. I come if I want to come. I come when I get here. Well, there you talk about who late. He better be happy I came. If you don't understand who. Whoa. Okay, I'm going to leave that alone. How many want to be a prisoner of Christ? Stop lying. Put your hand down. All right, let's go to part two. <laughs> Next week, be a prisoner. When you get in your car and you go home for this week, every moment, you think, be a prisoner. It'll help you appreciate your freedom, but it'll keep you from getting locked up. So he says that the Gentiles should be fellow ears. This is what this is it. I'm much ready. So let's go. That was it. I'm gonna, it's gonna get light now. Come on, shake it off. It's happy now. That the Gentiles should be fellow ears of the same body and partakers of the promise by the gospel. Paul says this change in theology is to the Gentiles, outcast and rejected people. Woo! Outcast and rejected people. Do I got any outcasts? Do I got any black sheep in the house? Do I got anybody in here that their mama or their daddy or their auntie or their cousin or any of their friends said you was going to never be nothing? You was never going to make it. God could not surely do nothing with your life. He said that the Gentiles should be fellow ears. Somebody say fellow ears. That means I got all the rights as a Everybody, I got the same right as the Jews. That means I got the same rights as the Jews. I get to take all the promises that were made to the Jews and apply it to my life. Y'all better come on. You know when you go down and you see the Jews going to you know they are you know they are a blessed people. They are blessed. God God chose to 
bless his people. But God said, we got that same blessing. Ones who were outcasts, ones who were never going to be nothing. That's why, oh, y'all better help me. That's why God taking care of your rent, taking care of your health, taking care of your marriage, taking care of your family because you are in covenant. You got the same rights. You were an outcast, but look who is now an incast. The people who said you were never going to be nothing got to look at you and wonder what God has done. No man can do. Y'all better help me. Then he says this, I was made a minister. Somebody say, I didn't apply for it. I didn't, I, I didn't apply for it. I don't have the qualifications for it. I didn't go to school for it. Y'all better help me. I ain't got the money to buy the degree. He said, I was made a minister. Whatever you are, it is because God made you that. Stop trying to be something God did not make you out to be. I'm going to preach it till you get it. Notice the language that he is using. He was made. What God has made was not made without the ingredients of grace and the mixture of power. He said, I was made according to the gift of grace and the effectual working of his power. I want you to know that you are so powerful that when God made you, I know we love to quote Jeremiah that I am fearfully and wonderfully made, but I want you to understand New Testament saints that when God made you, he made you with grace. He put grace in the pot. Oh, y'all going to sit there and act like you don't understand what I'm talking about. He had to put grace in the pot because your crazy behind would have messed up the fearfully and wonderfully made if it had not been for grace going up in there. Oh my God. He knew you was going to pick up a cigarette. He knew you was going to start drinking. He knew you was going to pick up a drug. He knew you was going to sleep with everybody. He, look at your neighbor and say, you know you nasty. But I got grace up in this ingredient. I'm so glad for grace. I'm going to go ahead and help myself. I know I wouldn't be a pastor if it had not been for grace up in there because I done did some retarded stuff. I done went back to some stuff I know I shouldn't have went back to. But because he put grace in the mixture, people that look at you know what you did. That's why don't ever be ashamed to tell anybody about how far in darkness you were at because he said I called you out of dark into my marvelous life I thank God for grace can I get anybody up in here that can give God some praise for grace if it was not for grace you would have killed that Negro you would have killed your own mama if it was not for grace if he didn't stop you if he didn't stop the bullet if he didn't stop the car if he didn't stop the drug if, he didn't, if it had not been But grace ain't enough. He said, I put grace in there. But somebody give me some power. And one of the angels had to bring them. So Y'all better help me. Put some power in there. Because I don't want grace without power. Somebody said, I don't want grace without power. Because grace without power is pity. And I don't need pity. 
God give me grace, then give me power so I can get it done. You don't need power if you ain't doing nothing. You don't need power if you ain't going nowhere. If I called you to do it, I've given you the power to get it done. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Stop complaining about what you ain't got. Because cars with a lot of power, you don't see the power. But you know it's under the hood. Somebody tap your neighbor and say, you don't see my power. But it's under the hood. Yeah, it shows up when I need it to show up. When I put my foot on the gas, it shows up. Power shows up when I need it to show up. When I'm in a struggle, I hit power. When it looks like I'm going down, I hit power. When it looks like all hell is breaking loose, I tap the gas. Help me up in here. Paul said, I got grace and I got power. And then he loses his train of thought because he got caught up in it. He was trying to teach him something. And then he just left. He said, wait a minute. I'm a minister. I got power. I got grace. He said, unto me. Who am the less of the least? Tap and say, you ever get in a place where you say, wait a minute, God did this for me? The less of the least. Not the least of the least. Because you're still in the same category. You lesser than that. He said, I'm the less of the least. Remember what Paul said, I'm the chief of sinners. The good I want to do, I can't do. The bad I don't want to do, I keep doing. He said, he did this for me. It is the grace given that I should preach. I feel like crying right now. That, That God, you want me to do that? I am the least of the least. I made Pookie from New Jack City look bad. Pookie had nothing on me. I was the least of the least. At at, at my my lowest moment, walking in the rain, selling the sneakers off my feet for a hit of the least of the least. Getting so high, just hoping this will be it that kills me. Just take me out the lead. And God said, I called you. I called you. You called me the least of the y'all better help me in here. I'm at the lowest level, and you speaking next level, next level, next level, next level, next level.
He said, you want me to usher in change? You want me to preach and make men see the mystery that has been hid? You, you, you want me, Andre, to preach and to pass the people so they can understand the mystery that has been hid, hid, hid behind religion and false church and jumping around and hollering and false rags and y'all not gonna help me at all. 500 line, 200 line, 50 dollar line, gotta sell chicken, gotta do this, fundraiser, 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 fundraiser. Y'all better, do you mean I gotta tell them that it don't take all that? They're not gonna listen to me. Come against a system of church politics where deacons decide whether they're gonna fire a pastor. You ain't got authority over a pastor. You can't vote somebody in, vote somebody out. This ain't no government. God calls, God raises, God sits down. If you don't like the way your leader leads, get the. When I'm voted out, it's going to be in a box. Then it's over. Next. You got to usher and change. And it's hard. People don't, that, that's, why, that's why they don't want me preaching in their pulpit. I go one and, one and done, y'all know it. A couple of people, one and done, because I'm going to come in there and shut your whole, shut your whole money bag down. Have that boy preaching your church, he's gonna stop your bag. Get bag on right. Come in there. They was talking about that yesterday. Talking, uh, you ain't never heard us come out from out that little room talking about uh, we haven't raised what we, we haven't reached our shoot. We'd be here for three weeks straight. Y'all been done passed out of here <laughs> talking about we ain't got what we got. We, Lock the doors and nobody can get out. And I had people in church trying to sell me tickets to so I ain't I ain't coming no time. What do you mean? You gonna buy a ticket? I ain't buying no ticket. Oh, you can't even and try to make you feel bad because you a pastor. Or, no, I got the money, it's right here. I ain't buying no ticket. And then you t- then to get out the door, I just told him, yeah, okay, put me down for two. Do you know they called me? <laughs> they called me all. They were hounding me like that dude that I want my two dollars. Like they, they you remember that? All through the show. <laughs> I want my two dollars. <laughs> Google it. <laughs> Oh, God, usher and change. Don't be like everybody else. 
Don't be like everybody else. I told you, if you're like everybody else, one of you ain't necessary. It's crazy. Do not be like everybody. God don't need the same stuff. And that's just okay. All right. But let me just let me just let me just go ahead and finish this wonderful message real quick. Okay. So did I miss something? Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. Okay, good. All right, good. All right. I thought I saw it in there somewhere, but I missed it. All right, good. To the intent. <laughs> Sometimes you got to go back and you just got to make sure. All right, to the intent. Notice it was head. He made it known by his holy apostles and prophets, right? But he says, he says in verse 10, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known. The church, the manifold wisdom of God. Manifold means there's many facets to his wisdom. According to the purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus, who we have access and confidence. Here's, here's, here it is. I'm closing. Here it is. Here's Paul. His purpose, he says this, to the intent that principalities and powers should know that when God wants to usher and change, he doesn't need a perfect person. That's what I want you to understand. When, when God is about to do something new in your life, it does not mean you have to be a perfect person. As a matter of fact, he's looking for a purpose person. He's not looking for a perfect person. He wants somebody that he can understand that there's purpose in. And I'm going to let you know something. The deeper down you go into the dirt, the higher God wants to elevate you. deeper you go down because there's something about being so low when God raises you. It's hard to forget how low you've been. That's why they tell addicts and people who have addictive personalities that you have to wait till the person hits their bottom. And in Christ it lost this. A lot of people haven't hit their bottom because their bottom is hit by religion. It's a false sense of deliverance because there's a false sense of humility. So you can act like you've been down, but you hide it behind religion. How you doing? Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored. All hell breaking loose. What's going on? You and and then because we put on these faces and we put on these things, we we can't usher in change because change can't come until you admit there needs to be change. Because if you start thinking there's nothing to change and there's no, if everything's good, that's why don't don't take it as a that's pastors going off on us, pastor beating us. See, I would never quote unquote for lack of better terms beat you down from this pulpit if I didn't think there was better in you I, I we was right in our conversation yesterday right I'm not trying to get nothing from you it's sure this ministry sure can't be about money Exactly. 
So if you, a lot of pastors don't, will only preach happy messages, won't go, won't say nothing bad. You just jump around, boom, jump in their Bentley or whatever they want to jump in because there's no challenge to the congregation. There's no challenge because they don't want nothing from the congregation. If there's challenge, it's because there's something that want. If you're being trained and the coach is yelling at you, it's because, am I right, Corey? Let me breathe. Corey, help me breathe. When the coach is going off on you, it's always because he knows he wants more out of you because he knows the team can give him better than what they're giving. If he didn't think, if he thought you were already given the best that you got, there'd be no need to challenge. So you always want somebody in your life talking to you from the vantage point of where they're challenging you to be better. And instead of taking it as an attack, take it as a compliment because they see something in you that you can't even see in yourself. And that's what Paul's ministry was about. He was always in prison or being out. Don't know whether he was shipwrecked. He was going through pure hell through his whole ministry. But he always spoke to the church because he knew there was something better he wanted to pull out. He was called to usher in change. I want you to understand next level. People know their purpose, their power that comes, then they know their access. That's why I'm teaching you Ephesians. So you know your position. You know that you already have everything. So you can stop living like you need to be on welfare. So you can stop living like you got to rob to pay that. When you know you already have everything. When you don't need a man to tell you you are a beautiful woman because you already know you possess all the blessings in spiritual places. When a man don't need to go and, and trick a woman because he need an apartment or a place to stay because he got his own. Y'all not going to say nothing. Usher and change. You, you, you got all that. And then once you get all that, you have to understand that in order, you got to speak to people in your life like I'm speaking to you. Like you know you're called to usher in change. In order to do that, you got to be willing to go after stuff that nobody else will go after. Because you can't be afraid to usher in change. It has to be mandatory. Change has to be mandatory to be with you. And that's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I'm, a, well, I'm, roasting it. I'm ushering in this new movement. I'm, go, I'm about to go to the cross. And I'm, all, I'm doing that so that I can be with you. Where there's no change in the direction, there can be no communion in the fellowship. Woo. So, so I'm not here to be the same. You're not here to be the same. God doesn't need lookalikes. He needs you to be the one that usher in change. Stop going to work, being and falling in line with everything that's going on in the workplace and be the usher for change. Well, they don't do this. That's why wherever I go, I know God has a plan for me. And I know I'm already praying and he's purposing for me to bring that change. Because I know that I am a visionary. I know that I can see beyond what I'm looking at. And I know the authority that I walk in. That is the only way you can explain that I could go to Aces and be a bus driver and present a plan to an executive that they bite and I'm now working in a position that they didn't even have in the place. Y'all better help me. Because I've been called to usher and change. Yeah. 
And the same thing that I've been called to do only makes sense that you are called to do because you are the sheep. Drip, drip. You got to be able to catch the anointing that falls from the head. Stop trying to shift gears and get your own thing going and get in line with the drip so that the same anointing can fall on you. Maybe you don't want that anointing. I ain't mad at you. But I know this one thing. I am the least of the least. Lesser than the least. And if God did it for me, God want to do it for you. You got to give God praise. Change your ways. Change the attitude. Know your calling. Know your purpose. God said you're going to do great exploits. You're going to do great things. But you can't keep doing the same thing that everybody else is doing. What has God given you that's different? That's what you need to be working at. The thing that's different. And if you're a parent and your kids are different, you give God praise for the difference. You give God praise for the difference. I was watching this show. I don't know how true it was, but it was awesome. Uh, it was this cripple. He was born crippled, and he couldn't walk. He couldn't do anything. He would crawl around, and he, he became one of the greatest kings. And they said, somebody had told him, he said, you know what? When, when there is a deformity or there's something different in you, that is the person that God has chosen. Which makes sense. That's why you read in the Bible and you see the difference, the things that, that were different that made the that made him choose David, that made him choose the prophets, or that made him choose the people that he chose. They were different. And they were willing to usher in change. Amen. So let's give Jesus some praise because he ushered in change. That we don't have to be under a bunch of ceremonial different things going on, but we could stand in his righteousness. Because God knows we would have messed up.